Alright, I'm back. About a month ago, they deleted my podcast. Who is they? You know who I'm talking about. Them. Well, my podcast is hosted by Anchor.fm website, which is owned by Spotify. I don't know why they didn't change it over to Spotify, but basically it's Spotify. They deleted my podcast. Why was it deleted? I mean, well, they don't tell you. So maybe it was a glitch. Maybe they didn't like the name Anti-Woke Podcast. Oh, did I say they reinstated me? Okay, so what happened was I went to go do a podcast. It was, you know, it's like, log in. We never heard of you. Sign up for a new account. So I went on Twitter and I DM'd Anchor.f, Anchor, whatever, Anchor's Twitter account. And to their credit, they got back to me. I mean, they responded like quick as hell. I, I was shocked. I don't think, uh, I don't know. You can kind of get a hold of Google on Twitter. I think you can't get a hold of Facebook nowhere. Who's the guy? Oh, someone, someone sued Microsoft once. They wanted to get a hold of Microsoft. Microsoft ignored them. Microsoft is based in, I think, Redmond, Washington, just like a suburb of Seattle. And I forget how much it costs. It costs like maybe $500. But for $500, you can file a paperwork and a sheriff will go to whatever address you tell that sheriff to go to and deliver that, I don't know, it's not a subpoena. It's that thing in the movies where they're like, you've been served. Anyways, Microsoft was ignoring a guy, and so he paid like $500 to get a sheriff to go deliver the physical letter to them, and then all of a sudden they were talking to him. But anyways, that's usually what you got to do. But anyways, Anchor FM responded very quickly on Twitter DM. And the response was, why don't you email, I don't know, support at anchor.fm or something, and they will deal with it. And I did email them, and it took them a month, but they did deal. They, they reinstated me. They undeleted me. I didn't say anything mean to them. I just said, hey, could you reinstate me? And I got, that's, you know, that, that, hey, could you, one, two, three, reinstate me. I said about five words to them, and then once a week I said, uh, any news? And then, whatever, four weeks later, I was back, baby. So, why did they delete it? Uh, I mean, first off, they don't tell you. If they told you why they deleted it, then you would argue with them and say, hey, your terms of service, I didn't, you know, I didn't break that. They'd be like, oh, you said hate speech. I'd be like, point out the words that said hate speech. They're like, we're, you know, you said this. I'm like, that's not hate speech. That's just a, that's just a black crime statistic or whatever. And then you could argue with them. Anyway, so they don't, you know, the, the big tech companies, they never tell you why they ban you they give you some very vague thing that way you can't argue with them i mean they could just say currently as a private company under current u.s law we can do it to anyone we want for any reason but they don't want to say that they want to pretend that they're doing it because they're good people i've been thinking about that a lot lately everyone is doing stuff because they want to think of themselves as a good person not because they truly want to be a good person they just want to think of themselves as a good person truly being a good person means you have to have an open mind and look into you know, the premises that you use to reach your conclusions and make sure that your premises are, in fact, true and not false. And you're not getting them from, for instance, the lion-ass media. But I'm, I'm sure that will come up. But anyways, big tech people want to think they're good people too, and they're not going to look deeply into nothing. But maybe it was just a glitch... Maybe they didn't like the words anti-woke podcast. I mean, I'm hearing the words anti-woke 
I don't know, a few times a week now, you know, and from very famous people. That's that's a hell of a good name for a podcast. It could be talking about Ukraine or race or transgender or what, COVID, you know, any of the things that get other people canceled. I've talked about race, COVID, and Ukraine on Facebook. The only thing that I've ever gotten, whatever, censored, they didn't delete my account, but they didn't let other people see it was a post about Hunter Biden, which I've certainly talked about Hunter Biden, so maybe the FBI is embedded in Spotify, and they said, this guy's talking too much about Hunter Biden, delete him. I mean, I don't know. I've actually had a good month. A month off was a pretty good, I mean, right when it happened, it was kind of like a punch to the gut, and then a few minutes later, I was like, well, I don't know. I think that maybe happened, I don't know. I don't know what time of day. I'm going to make up a story. So maybe it happened, you know, I found out in the morning, and then... In the evening, I had some beers, and after I had the right number of beers, I got pissed off. And so I came up with a plan, because they're like, ah, sorry, we deleted it, but if you're free to create another account on Anchor.fm, and whatever, if you you don't do anything wrong, then you can have that account. I think they said something like that. It's the only time they ever said I said, maybe, maybe I did something wrong. But so anyways, I recreated a... Another podcast called, strangely enough, Anti-Woke Podcast. I wish I would have put a dash in between anti and woke. But uh, thank God it worked out. I, I made like one, whatever. I made the I made the account. I said I made a podcast that was like real short that said, this is horseshit. And I, that was almost all I said. Like, I mean, literally, maybe three words or maybe a few more. And then I, and then I had my angry podcast that I was going to put on there. And I still have, well, I made a real angry one. And then I was like, you know what? Even if they're not banning me for talking about COVID or Ukraine or whatever, they're going to ban me for, well, I'm not even going to tell you what I was talking about, but, you know, involved, uh, I don't know, bodily functions and stuff much worse than that. And anyway, so I made that podcast when I was super angry and then I was like, well, because I had a plan. Okay, here was the plan. I wanted to know why I was banned, so I was going to create another account And then I was going to just talk about, for instance, Hunter Biden for a month. And then I was just going to talk about black crime statistics for a month. And then I was just going to talk about transgender cutting off the breasts of, you know, 12-year-old girls for a month. And the idea was, whichever month they they banned my new podcast, I would know which was the thing that was triggering them. But so anyways, I did an angry, I did an angry podcast, and I didn't post it. Well, no. And then I, I deleted that one and did a another angry podcast that didn't have all the stuff that would cloud the issue on why the hell they were deleting me. So I was going to start with Hunter Biden to see, you know, if I did a month of Hunter Biden, would they delete you for that? Because, like I say, that's my guess. Facebook will delete your shit for Hunter Biden, so I wouldn't Spotify. And the FBI is embedded in everyone. Anyways, anywho, um, I will put that podcast that I recorded from a month ago at the end of, end of this podcast, and you can enjoy the milder version of my angry podcast. So it's been a month. I wanted to kind of try and do a podcast that covers the last month, but I can't remember what happened yesterday. I remember, I remember the news from this morning, so I'm just going to wing it. And so this morning, a freight train and a high-speed passenger train had a head-on collision in Turkey. And that's like whatever, you know, there's disasters happening all across the world every day. 
I think there's 50,000 people dead in Turkey and Syria from the earthquake over there. So that one's pretty crazy. This is just a train crash, but it brings up some interesting physics. I think it was BBC. Anyways, whatever foreign news, news podcast I was listening to, the guy said you could add up their speeds. Like We're just going to make up the numbers here, but let, let's say the freight train was going 100 miles an hour and the passenger train was going 100 miles an hour. There's this idea that I believe for a long time that, that, you know, that that's like a 200 mile an hour collision, right? That'd be like the freight train hitting a wall at 200 or the passenger plane, plane train hitting a wall at 200. You add them up. But in fact, that is incorrect. And let me, well, first off, the answer is if you got two trains that hit each other head on, the answer is it's like hitting a wall at 100. If they're both going 100, then it's the same thing as hitting a wall at 100. And let me prove it to you. So the terrible thing about a car crash or a train crash or, or an airplane crash, um, it's, what do they say? It's not, you know, it's like falling off a building. It's like, it's not the fall that kills you, it's the landing. And basically force is equal to mass times acceleration. We won't go into that, but that's the equation. But what it is when a train hits another train at hundred miles an hour, the problem is you're going from hundred down to zero in a very short period of time. It's not instantaneous, but you know, in a fraction of a second, probably, you know, you were going hundred miles an hour forward. Now you are at zero, boom, like boop. That's how long it took. And obviously your organs and bones and everything are not meant to go from hundred to zero in that short of a period of time. But so here's the proof. Imagine you got your two train, we'll just say two trains. You got two trains, hundred miles an hour going towards each other. Now imagine you put a brick wall on the tracks and then those two trains hit that brick wall from either side at exactly the same time. Well then both trains in a fraction of a second go from 100 down to zero, you know, and everyone is, has their organs liquefied. But anyways, you can see it's 100 down to zero. Now take away that brick wall and have the two trains hit each other. They still go from 100 down to zero. Now, you know, the kernel of truth or whatever that's in there, let's switch over to a semi-truck and a little car. How about a car that has like three cylinders? I had a buddy who had a car with three cylinders, maybe a Geo Metro, like back in the 90s. And I'd, whatever, I would, because it got his goat so bad for me to mention that his car had three cylinders, he, whatever, I would never stop talking about it. I don't actually care how many cylinders, but it made him angry. But now say you got a, semi-truck going 100 one direction and a little car going 100 the other direction and they have a head-on collision well, what happens there is that you know the semi-truck was going 100 after that collision the uh semi-truck's probably going 90. you know it basically keeps going out going right on ahead like you know in the movies when a semi-truck busts through all the cop cars i watched smoking the bandits the other day that movie holds up perfectly 1977 bell bottoms check it out but the little car, they were going 100, and now they're going 90 backwards. So in a fraction of a second, they, they have a, the people in that car get 190. You can add it up there. We can, yeah, can you? Yeah, you can basically add it up there. They got 190 miles an hour worth of whatever, acceleration. And you could imagine if you put a brick wall in between the semi and the little car, if the brick wall doesn't hold up, then it would just be the semi would push the brick wall. The brick wall would feel 100 miles an hour worth of 
death and destruction because it would push that brick wall into the little car and then it would push both of those things and the little car would feel 190 miles an hour of death and destruction. All right, I think I made my point. But speaking of trains, people have been talking about this train derailment in East Palestine, East Palestine. In Oregon, there's a city called Lebanon. It's spelled Lebanon, or just like this country Lebanon, but if you live in that area, which I did once, they call it Lebanon. And so East Palestine, you know, it's spelled East Palestine, but I don't know, whatever. Muslim phobia, I guess. Well, so this was a train derailment, probably, whatever, beginning of uh, February. And some of the train cars were, they had vinyl chloride in them. Which vinyl chloride is a petroleum product. The most famous thing that you make out of it is PVC, polyvinyl chloride um, pipes. I think you make a million things out of it. Basically, you make plastic out of it. And I think it's a gas, but you can pressurize it down to a liquid. So basically, it's pressurized giant, like giant train car sized pressurized tanks kind of like a air compressor or a propane tank or something so yeah it's like a propane tank it's like giant propane tanks full of vinyl chloride and i think one of them caught on fire and you can't let the vinyl chloride out on its own because that's i don't know causes cancer does all sorts of bad stuff and so the standard operating procedure for vinyl chloride problems is you set the vinyl chloride on fire and then it turns into Whatever. Turns into a bunch of chemicals, but at least they're in the air and they kind of disperse. And then some lady, her chickens died, and the whole town is like coughing, and the government's saying that it's safe. And anyways, I'm not here to talk about that stuff. You've heard, you heard of that. We'll see. We'll see exactly what happens. But here's the interesting part. So, you know, every morning I listen to the left and the right for my news. I, I listen to the 15-minute news roundup from NPR. That's left. I listen to the 15-minute news roundup from the Morning Wire, or sorry, Daily Wire. That's right. So, you know, it gives you a pretty good, whatever. You're ready for the day. You're angry. There you go. The left or the right. Someone's going to make you angry, and you're ready for the day. And so here was the weird or interesting part, is that, like, when the crash happened, I don't know if it happened, I don't know if it was that day, but very quickly after that crash happened, um... The right-wing news was covering it like crazy, and the left-wing news was, I guess, ignoring it. I mean, I don't listen to tons and tons of left-wing things. I don't watch... Anyways, it's hard, it's hard to prove a negative, but I didn't hear about it much from the left-wing. And apparently people who, like, kind of go watch left-wing stuff to see what's going on with them, they ignored it for whatever reason for, I don't know, maybe seven, ten days. And so that was... The weird thing was, is I'm like, why is this right-wing media outlet, like talking about this train crash every morning. Every morning I'm waking up to an update on the train crash. And I guess this is, uh, someone said this about Ron DeSantis. Someone was like, is he, is he a typical Republican? I guess someone asked. And they're like, yes. Back when it was popular to be a conservative-style Republican, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, he was a conservative-style Republican. And now that it's since Trump, it's popular to be a populist type of Republican. He's a popular, he's a populist type of cons Republican. So he is the typical one and he changes depending on, you know, what will make him the typical one. And so back when, you know, you're a conservative Republican, which all you cared about was lowering taxes on the rich. 
I mean, even though you didn't put it that way, uh, they would have ignored like some environmental disaster, right? Because the, the solution to this is the Environmental Protection Agency goes out and hammers some companies, which, anyway, you know, they used to be on the side of companies. But now that people are populist, I guess uh, you're on the side of the middle class person who's getting their chickens poisoned. And then I, this part is a little less clear to me, but like the left wing, they used to be against companies and for the environment and blah, blah. But maybe, maybe because the, by, you know, maybe because there's a Democrat in the White House, they just ignored it. They're like, ah, nothing to see here. Or I don't know. Anyways, they ignored it for whatever reason. And then Pete Buttigieg, our young gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana, is now the Secretary of Transportation, he got there. What happened? I think Donald Trump went there and gave out cheeseburgers, McDonald's. And then Buttigieg was like, shit, I better get over there. And he got there one day after Trump, which didn't look good. I guess the question is, the right wing, so anyway, the right wing media is covering these things that used to be the left wing's job. And then the politicians are kind of switched there or whatever. So, that, you know, that's, that's what's interesting about the train crash. Okay, let me just think of the things you're not supposed to talk about. Okay, let's do race now. So, Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert Comic Strip, um, he is my nap time podcast. Like, if I'm taking a nap in the middle of the day or whatever, um, I'll put him on. And usually, I don't know if he's soothing, but anyways, it puts me to sleep. So I listen to about five, I I never listen to the whole thing, but I usually, a lot of times I'll listen to about five or ten minutes, however long it takes me to fall asleep from my nap, of Scott Adams. And so he got canceled for being racist for what he said the other day. I was listening to I was trying to fall asleep and listening to him the other day when he said it. So there was a poll. It was by Rasmussen, which is a, a kind of a right-wing pollster. I think still considered reputable, though. Five, 538 uses them. Although I'm not sure they might, they might cancel Rasmussen over this stuff, too. But anyways... Rasmussen asked a thousand people, um, "What do you is is it acceptable? Is this an acceptable thing to say that it's okay to be white? Is it acceptable to say that in quotes it's okay to be white?" I can't remember exactly. I think maybe twenty five percent of white people weren't sure if that was okay. But anyway, Scott Adams was talking about it, talking about the black people response, and they so fifty three percent half of black people think that it's okay to be white, or it's acceptable to say it's okay to be white. And then 23% of black people do not think it is acceptable to say that it's okay to be white. And then whatever that leaves, a quarter, a quarter of them weren't sure if it's okay to say it's okay to be white. So it's hard, you know, you have to kind of get in there, the mind of the poll taker, who knows exactly what they're thinking. But you might say that half of black people don't think that it is okay to be white. You know, that your existence as a white person is not okay. You don't have a right to exist like other people. And, you know, I think that probably is not exactly, you know, who knows what it is. Maybe a third of black people feel that way. But anyways, don't quite, I don't know if I trust this poll for the exact numbers. But in any case, Scott Adams, I think, let me tell you about Scott Adams for a second. First off, because of this, I went and looked at a tour of his house. He has a tour of his house on YouTube. And he is really, really rich. So he's going to be okay. 
Like his house has a second kitchen off of the first kitchen. Uh, there's an indoor tennis court because he likes tennis. You know, he's got a theater room, etc. And his neighborhood is, he's on the other side of the mountains behind Oakland in the Bay Area, if you know where that is. So probably a pretty rich area. But so he's rich. And then here was the crazy thing about Scott Adams. Go look this up on Google. But um, so he was married. He doesn't have no kids, but he was married to a woman. I think they got divorced or broke up or something maybe two years ago. And so I don't know when they got married. They were, you know, together for a few years or something, and then they broke up. But his wife was the hottest wife of anyone. I mean, of anyone. Anyone's wife. I think she was like a star on Instagram. I don't know. But uh, anyway, she was young and insanely attractive. And then he was old and ugly and rich. And then when she dumped him, he's been kind of... Because I listened to his podcast before the dumping and after the dumping... And he kind of became a little more of a angry at the world guy ever since that super hot girl stopped letting him hit the tang. And so I can't quantify exactly how all this is related, but just I was just I was laying there trying to take my nap, and then he said some shit that I was like, "Whoa, what did he just say?" So he's talking about that poll where you could say, arguably, that half of black people don't think white people should exist. And so he, that made him angry. I think he was ready to get angry. He got angry over that. And uh, he said some stuff. And then, you know, Dilbert's in the um, newspapers. And all the newspapers, newspapers canceled their subscriptions. They're the big ones. I don't know. Washington Post, LA Times, other ones. I mean, I used to read the comics every morning in, like, the early 90s. But I haven't done it since. So I don't even know how much money is in that stuff. You know, you can type in any celebrity plus the words net worth and the internet will come up with a number. I think the number is not that accurate, but for Scott Adams, it says 75 million. I think he has like 25 compilations of Dilbert comic strip books and stuff. But anyways, what did he say? He said, he's like, talks about the poll. He's like, that makes black people a hate group. And what else? Uh, He's like, I spent my whole life helping black people, but I'm done. I'm finished. And then he gave some advice to white people. He's like, white people, my advice to you is just stay the hell away from black people. And I think that was basically the stuff that got him canceled. Um, I mean, his podcasts are like an hour and a half long, so he he says a bunch of other stuff. But anyways, he he put it all, those those things, maybe a couple other things mixed in, put it all pretty close together. So you he really only needed like a 30-second to 60-second clip of him to get all that, boom, right in your face. Oh, yeah. He also said he was tired of every day going on the Internet and seeing a video of a black man beating the shit out of a non-black person. And so what's my take? I don't know. Like the, the next day, he's like, oh, I knew I'd be canceled. I don't know. I mean, his podcast is also a live stream, so you're kind of... You know, I could say all those things, whatever, into a recording and then not publish it. Who know? Who knows what I would say if I, that I'm not publishing, for instance. But anyways, his stuff is right there. As soon as you say it, it's out there. And you know, he he saw he kind of softened some of his stances later on. I mean, it was too late, too little, too late. I mean, first off, the mainstream media is exactly who is paying for his comic strip, so they don't give a shit. 
it was kind of funny uh, like there's tons of you know every mainstream media outlet did an article but you know they don't it's almost like they're written by a chat bot or something by ai because they're all the same there's just you know some of them were like he did a racist rant and some of them said he did a racist tirade and it was like every headline had that in it and stuff so whatever the number of articles that you know someone actually wrote from scratch is probably about five and then there's 500 mainstream articles that came out based on those five but i think the next day he said you know it's not black people's fault it's the media's fault and he was throwing around well him and some other guy on twitter were throwing around some graphs and it's pretty interesting they were showing um uh, there's a question like do you think that race relations in america are good or very good and it was about 70 percent for blacks and whites and it just kind of it just hovered from 2000 to 2013 very roughly it was about 70 60 to 70 percent for blacks and for whites and it just kind of stayed the same and then in 2013 i think the graph the graph only went to like 2019 or something but anyways from 2013 it just plummets like whatever blacks and whites do not think that race relations are good or the the number of them who think it are good just plummet like down to maybe 30 percent 40 percent for both of them and so someone put that out on twitter and it's like what the hell happened in 2013 that made race relations or you know people's perception of race relations go to shit and scott adams put up a different graph with um it showed that the amount of times that the words racist or racism was used by, it was like the New York Times, Washington Post, LA Times. And for whatever reason, starting in about 2013, like, you know, they've been saying the words racism, racist a little bit. It just shoots through the frickin' roof, especially the Washington Post, which I guess is when Jeff Bezos of Amazon fame bought the Washington Post. I don't know if he said, I want nothing but wall-to-wall articles mentioning the words racism and racist. But anyways... Either the media caused it, or maybe the media is a reflection of something else that happened in 2013. Trayvon Martin was 2012, I looked that up, so I don't know. And, you know, race relations, that could mean different things to different people. Obviously, America has just gotten less... It doesn't mean racism. I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a woke-tard, I guess you would say it's because of racism. We realize structural institutions of systemic... What? Equity? I don't know. I want to come up with one that has about six words in it. But anyways, structural institutions of systemic horseshit are fucking prevalent in America, and that's why. Anyways, obviously that's not true. America just gets less and less racist, except for now the last 10 years or something. Maybe about that. Maybe starting about 2013. Um, in fact, I think that's right. So anyways, America became racist against whites. It's revenge racism. Someone with your same color skin did something bad a long time ago. They have nothing to do with you, but we're going to get you, motherfucker. I mean, the media doesn't start using the words racism and racist a whole ton starting in 2013 without having someone to lob that at. So I guess that was when the media, for whatever reason, started being racist against whites. But anyway, so if you look at those graphs and you say that it was the media that did it, then... That's black. It's not black people's fault. It's the media's fault. And so Scott Adams said that, but anyways, that's not going to change anything. And I mean, that's my take, kind of. I mean, whatever. There's a lot of bad stuff going on, but you can't blame black people as a whole, obviously. 
Because I fight racism. I'm not a racist. I fight racism anywhere I see it. And you don't see it against black people ever. But if you did, that would be a bad thing. And so I guess Scott Adams, he was being a little bit racist against black people. Like there's this test, right? The way, the way to figure out if something is racist is you switch white to black and vice versa. So, you know, if someone said uh, 50% of white people don't think it's okay to be black and you should stay the hell away from white people... Well, to me, that would be racist also. So therefore, what Scott Adams said about black people is racist. But what's funny about that is that I mean, there are people, I don't know, I was listening to someone who put together a compilation. Like, there are people on the news, especially like MSNBC, who are saying the exact same thing. I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want to give about white people because the media lets you say it. You could do a comic. You know, if you had a comic strip that was all about how white people are evil, inherently evil from the moment they... Doctor smacks them on the bottom and they take their breath. I mean, you know, the Washington Post would be like, I love this comic strip. And then what... So anyway, that's what happened with that, Scott Adams. And then Elon Musk tweeted about it. I think he's been calling, you know, whatever. People are calling him racist now, too, I guess. I mean, people that I don't listen to, so I haven't heard it. But he tweeted out that the media is racist and that high-ranking high schools are racist against whites and Asians. You gotta throw in the Asians, you know, you gotta steal some stolen valor. I mean, you know, I do it too. Stolen valor. Asians are very useful. Anyways, he said, the media is racist against whites and Asians. And then he said, high-ranking high schools and universities are also racist against whites and Asians. They should try not being racist. And then Elon Musk, I mean, whatever, and Adams, they're both rich. But obviously, Elon Musk owns Twitter, so the thing that he's on, you can't kick him off of. And so, you know, what what could be good about all this is that America might start wrestle with its racism. You know, it's not decades long, but it's decade-long racism against white people. That's one. If you have 1.1, I think that's, you can add the plural. So if we one more year, we will have decades. 1.1 decades of racism against whites. And I tuned into. to... Uh, I don't know, watched a few minutes of Tucker Carlson, see what he would say, and Ben Shapiro, see what people on the right are saying, and uh, whatever. They think that the media is racist against whites. I'm starting, I think I'm starting to hear more people talk about racism against whites. This might be a, might be a thing that blows open here at some point, and people realize that's what's going on. I mean, at some point it will happen. Maybe that point is coming soon-ish. I mean, Elon Musk buying Twitter means that, you know, I think you can go on Twitter and especially if you keep your stuff factual, you can complain about racism racism against whites, which I think previously Twitter would ban you and you probably can't do it on Facebook now. So whatever. It's like speaking truth to power. Being able to speak, that's the beginning to changing things. So there you go. And there is some very recent news uh, about COVID and the lab leak hypothesis. So the DOE, Department of Energy, which doesn't sound like a big department or an important department, but they control all the nukes. The nukes are not part of the Department of Defense. They're part of energy. I think because the plutonium or whatever, uranium-238, 235, that is needed to make nukes, that's what nuclear power plants produce. Nuclear power plants, this whole time, the reason why we have them is because they make weapons 
Like, they don't make electricity any cheaper than burning coal. You know, like, why have we had so many nuclear power plants for 70 years or whatever? It's because they're making us weapons, not because the electricity is cheaper than coal. But anyways, that's why the Department of Energy is in charge of stuff you wouldn't think of. And so I was listening to someone. They said there are 18 federal intelligence agencies. That's kind of crazy. I don't even know what they are. You know, you got the FBI, the CIA, the NSA, the DHS. Well, anyways, because the DOE deals with nukes, they have their own uh, intelligence agency. I think it's called Z Division or Z Division. I don't know. Something like that. And apparently they're, they've only ever released three, only three documents from that de- that department or whatever, that organization have ever been declassified. So they're like, they put the, you know, they're way more classified than um, the CIA even. But somehow they did an investigation and they came out with a, I think they said with low confidence, they believe the COVID came from the, from a, from a lab. I don't think they specified the, which Chinese lab. So I think, I think the FBI, maybe also with low confidence, believes it came from a Chinese lab. So I don't know. Like I was listening to someone, they're like, why did the media, you know, what does the media care if it came from a wet market or if it came from a lab? But anyway, somehow the media at the beginning got onto the idea of it didn't come from a lab, it came from animals. And then they lied about it for, you know, six months to a year. And just, you know, and then anyone who said it maybe came from a lab, they called them the conspiracy theory theorist. They got big tech to kick you off of um, the Internet if you said it came from a lab, etc. Turns out, I mean, you know, they're all a bunch of liars anyways. But this is just, you know, this is, this is one of the things that they lied about. You know, they got like groups of scientists to come out and say anyone who says it came from a lab is a conspiracy theorist. And so every one of those scientists is a fucking liar. And, you know, COVID, it's just, whatever, the, the CDC, the WHO, the big medical organizations, all the highfalutin doctors, Fauci, blah, blah, blah. They all took their reputation that had been built up over decades. They threw it in a trash can and they took a diarrhea shit on top of it because they wanted to push a false narrative for various reasons. And, uh, I mean, you know, like Fauci, it looks like Fauci may have had a hand in actually creating the thing, sending money to have it created, and we'll have to wait and see on this, but, like, you know, as government agencies, like, that's, you know, the people, on, the woke people on the left, you know, pe- yeah, fucking people on the left, like, I'm on the left, and 10 years ago, me and everyone else on the left agreed that, you know, powerful government agencies that deal with nuclear weapons are no good. Well, and the FBI is no good and whatever, you know, you know, that stuff. But now they've all gotten derangement syndromes of various types. And so they're like, I love war. I love, I hate free speech. You know, the people, people on the left have changed. I'm left behind. It was kind of a rapture. It was a rapture of the left. And they took all those people and made them hate free speech and love war and love the government telling them what to do. So, anyways, it's just a little tricky for them as more and more, as well as now a second government agency has come out and said, uh, you know, all that horseshit you've been criticizing people for about, you were the wrong one, or you may have been the wrong one. And I'm, he- I mean, I'm heading towards 90% chance, 
95, I think I'm at 95% chance it was released from that lab. So Sam Harris had a good podcast where he, I don't know, there's a couple of people, some people wrote a book on all the reasons why it might have came from nature and all the reasons it might have came from a lab. And I'll, So that was pretty interesting. I'll tell you a few of those. Okay, so the Wuhan Virology Lab was put in Wuhan because it's far away from where these viruses come from. Apparently viruses come from bats, but they come from one kind of bat, the horseshoe bat. And horseshoe bats are all across China, but the only place, only southern China has horseshoe bats with viruses that can go to humans at all. And Wuhan is like 2,000 kilometers to the north of there, and they chose that spot because there is no way in hell that anyone would ever get a virus from an animal in that city. And that, and that way they could kind of compare it. They could just, you know, if you want to find a person who didn't have a virus caught by a, caught from an animal, well, it's just, you had a whole city. You know, I don't know how many millions of people, Chinese people live there, but all those Chinese people could be used for science as people who do not get, you know, basically COVID. So that's the location of the lab right there. And then there was something, I think, 2000, you know, it might have been 2013, but uh, some Chinese people, some miners, went into some mine and they caught some sort of virus. And so that virus was saved and sent to Wuhan. And I believe that virus is the closest virus in existence to COVID. And that the, t- the nine closest viruses, the nine closest samples to COVID in the world are all, have, were all held at the Wuhan lab. And obviously the CCP, the Chinese government, did not allow people to investigate this stuff much. But anyways, they, they, they created a map. And then they put a little red dot on that map for every COVID case that was found. But they only let people look for COVID cases at the wet market and at the hospitals near it. So when you look at the map, you're like, oh my God, all the red dots are at the wet market and the hospital. Yeah, because the only place they ever looked. And they let America, Americans go there to double check that everything was okay. And the person that America sent was the head of EcoHealth Alliance, which is the third party guy that, you know, Fauci gave money to them and then they gave money to the Wuhan lab to probably develop COVID. And then there are five levels of safety protocols in a virology lab. And COVID stuff is supposed to be only handled at level five. But at that lab, they were doing it, they were handling that kind of virus at level two. Like they got soft, they got complacent. The virus hadn't jumped to, you know, the, you know they'd be like, oh man, the virus hasn't jumped to a person in however long, a long time. So maybe we don't need all these, you know, hassle, airlock, who knows what things you got to do for level five. So they were doing it at level two. And at level two, they don't even ask you if you get sick and they don't, trace you know what happens to you anyways basically you could get covid and walk out of the lab (laughs) from work at at level two and no one would ever know and that was the level they were doing stuff at and then and here's here's one that maybe maybe this goes against the lab leak but apparently they were doing bioweapons at this lab which means that even if covid didn't come from that lab the chinese government would not allow you to investigate anything at that lab because you might find out they're illegal bioweapons But anyways, I think just as stuff is moving forward, more people are realizing that the mainstream media and the government is a bunch of liars. And 
whatever this this latest little thing is just another link in the chain until everyone realizes what the hell's going on. And they did a poll the other day, uh, someone did, and it was, you know, the how does the American public feel about the media? And I think it's just been getting worse and worse. You know, they trust them less. But anyways, I think it was 56% of the public thinks the media is lying to them. It used to be that, like, you know, half of America doesn't trust the media. Now 56% of America thinks the media is purposefully lying to them. You know, which you can certainly count me in that group. That might have been 53. I don't know. Over 50%. And then I think it was 26% trust the media. So that's all the woke people who... You know, they tell the media the lies they want to hear, and the media tells them those lies, and then it kind of goes back and forth in a virtuous cycle. And anyways, they still like it. That's like that's my woke buddy. He will not believe anything unless the lying media tells him it. And even sometimes the lying media will tell him that they were lying. And then he's like, oh, I don't believe you this time. But anyways, that's the woke people. That's 26% of America. And then, you know, about a quarter of America is they're not sure. I will say, over 50% is all you need to win any election. And then Disney, the wokest of the major media companies, um, they've been having a hard time lately. They got, uh, you know, Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars, and uh, the latest Marvel movie is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, is not doing well, not making a lot of money. I don't know if it's, like, super woke or not. Um, I mean, they did race swap Kang from white to black, but no one really cares about Kang. I don't care. I never cared about Kang. But I guess, you know, get woke, go broke. Well, we don't know about that. But anyways, Disney has been getting woke in general, and they seem to be kind of not exactly going broke, but, you know, it's, it's a downward tra- trajectory. For Marvel, Marvel looks like it's getting worse and worse. It used to be everyone wanted to see each new Marvel one. Now I think people are like, you know, the last one I saw wasn't that good. Maybe I'll go to this new one. Maybe I won't. I mean, the Black Little Mermaid is coming out. I don't know when. Sometime sometime this year, I think. So that'll be a good test. Apparently they're making a Black Tinkerbell, Mexican Peter Pan. Not Mexican, Hispanic, Latino Peter Pan movie or something now. I just saw something. We'll see how that does. And then they were supposed to make five Marvel TV shows this year. They're, they cut that back to two because they're not doing well. And then the next movie is Ms. Marvel, which is perceived to be a woke Marvel movie. And they pushed that thing from the summer to the winter of this year because it looks like that's not good. And Disney is losing billions on Disney+. Plus, Basically... Disney is struggling whether or not they will become less woke is unclear. It doesn't look like wokeness is entirely what was causing their problems, but they are laying people off and a lot of a lot of times in at least in the big tech companies when they start laying people off, it's the you know the diversity, the equity and the inclusion uh people who are trying to make gay TV shows for little kids whatever they may be the first to go. And then Disney World had a special agreement with the state of Florida where they got to control it like it was a town. Like it was a town, but it was a town controlled by Disney as opposed to, whatever, electing a mayor and stuff. But they got in a fight with Ron DeSantis over the 
you know, parental rights and education or don't say gay, depending if you're on the left or the right, whether or not you're a liar. Uh, it depends on what you call it. But anyways, he has taken away their, whatever, their, the kind of control that they currently have and has created some sort of five-person board that now oversees that city area. I don't know, it's called the Reedy Creep De Development Area or whatever the hell it's called. Just call it Disney World. The property under, the city underneath Disney World. And I think Disney, like, they are losing tons of money on, like, well, Disney Plus... But like their movies and TV shows and that kind of stuff is not doing that good. And then they're making tons of money on their theme parks. You know, Disneyland, Disney World, and then, I don't know, Paris, Tokyo, Shanghai. So, messing around with Disney World is actually, whatever. That's messing around with the thing that is making them money. So, it'll be interesting to see. You know, basically, DeSantis is like, stop being woke. We'll see if that has any effect on him. And uh, how about DeSantis? He hasn't officially announced, but he's running for president. And so he started to take some questions and give some answers about, you know, presidential level things instead of just talking about Florida and woke stuff. And he's got some pretty good answers. I mean, you know, you want to think of the answer. You want to think of the questions you're going to be asked and come up with the answer before it happens. You don't want to do it on the fly. So they asked him about Ukraine, which is a, it's a tricky one because Democrats all support that war, but um, or, you know, support America sending weapons to Ukraine, stuff like that, and money. But Republicans are kind of split. I mean, Republican politicians are in the pocket of the arms people, so they all support it. But anyways, the people are a little half and half. Donald Trump, in fact, came out. He mentioned Victoria Newland, who was the secretary. She, she was part of the State Department that I was talking about earlier. They got together with the neo-Nazis to do the uh, um, coup in 2014. So he mentioned her, which is kind of crazy. Look for that name, Victoria Newland, N-U-L-A-N-D. People start talking about her a bunch, a bunch that'll be crazy. Because she was the tip of the spear for that coup. Or, you know, the tip of the American spear. But anyways, uh, so he got, DeSantis got asked about it. And, you know, he can't say, oh, I love helping Ukraine. Or, I hate helping Ukraine because right now the Republicans are divided. So he said... Biden, he it sure seems like he cares a, a lot about that Ukrainian border, and he doesn't care care at all about the southern border of the United States, which is a pretty good, nice deflection. There's some interesting unrest going on in Israel. I think it's happened in the city of Huwara. Who? Well, anyways, try and spell that if you want. Uh, like a week week ago or something. Um, a Palestinian went and shot two Israeli settlers. The settlers are the ones who move into the West Bank where they're not supposed to move, but then they end up turning that into, like, that's the Palestinians' part. And then after they live there for 10 years, they're like, okay, fine, that's part of Israel. Sort of. In any case, the Palestinians in the West Bank are not super fond of the settlers and vice versa. And so one Palestinian went and shot and killed two settlers... And so the settlers, a bunch of settlers got together and they went back and, I mean, it was worse than your normal riots. I've talked about pogroms. Like back, you know, back in Europe, I don't know, 100 years ago, they used to have these pogroms where every non-Jew would get together and they would go and burn down all the Jews' houses and, you know, kill all the men and the babies and rape the women and then kill them. So this thing, you know, so what happened in Huara? It's not nearly as bad as a real pogrom, 
but it's worse than um, your average riot. It's worse than a Black Lives Matter riot by far. But anyways, the settlers went out to get revenge, and they, I think they burned down 35 houses, and I think maybe the Palestinians and the settlers both throw rocks at each other. They burned down a lot of houses. And I guess the you know, Israeli military is there kind of watching it, and uh, it's kind of funny. It really has some, some similarities to the old Black Lives Matter protests that are actually riots. Because I think you can march, you know, in Israel you can march, just like you can do a peaceful protest for whatever you want in America, like Black Lives Matter, as long as you're peaceful. Well, it sounds like, as long as you're peaceful, you can march however you want in Israel. And so what the settlers do is they go out there, they're like, we're peaceful protesters, even though everyone knows they're not, and uh, whatever, if Palestinians come out with rocks and try and kill the settlers with rocks to the head, the Israeli military will shoot those Palestinians. So they, they, don't, they don't allow them to throw rocks at them. And then, I guess when you get a critical mass or whatever, the settlers start burning down the houses. And I think stuff like this has happened before. Um, I think one Palestinian died. So I mean, really, you know, death-wise, death there's two settlers in the shooting and then one in this burning of a bunch of buildings. I think that guy was also shot, a Palestinian guy. And maybe some settlers killed some Palestinians in one of these kind of super riots. But it was like, uh, the thing I was listening to, not like it was like 10 years ago. So it's not super common at least to have casualties. But there's a theory now that more of this stuff is going to start happening. Now there's a different government, I don't know, just for various reasons, this kind of stuff may happen more. And if you're trying to steal someone's land, if you want to put it that way, or... Whatever. Or if you're trying to stop terrorists from attacking you. You, 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 you can choose the side. Feel free. But what you want to do is get them off of the land. The first step is to get them off of the land. You know, you, in the old days, you just kill them. You can't just kill people anymore. So, you know, if you constantly go and burn down houses in a town, those people will probably flee. And then you set up some sort of thing where you don't let them back in, and boom, you got it. That's kind of what Israel did with, well, that is what they did with giant chunks of the West Bank back in the day. So now they're trying to do like little versions of it, and that'll be interesting. Oh, and the other thing I learned, is there's two kinds of Jews. There's Ashkenazi, and there's Sephardic. And I'm going out on a limb here, talking about stuff I don't know that well, but like, like the Jews in America that you think of, like super rich, incredibly smart, you know, control all sorts of different industries um and then once again let me emphasize super super smart those are the ashkenazi ones uh, i think think people that look like seinfeld or whatever or more accurately larry david and then the sephardic ones i think maybe they well basically those are like the european jews those are eastern european that's where they came from a lot of them and then the Sephardic ones, they like stayed in the Middle East and uh, countries maybe like the south of Spain and Morocco, kind of that area. So they're more, they got darker skin. They're darker skin. And I think their noses are a little different. I mean, whatever, just <laughs> whatever. I'm interested in how people look based on their place of origin. But anyways, I was listening to a thing and they were saying that the Ashkenazi Jews, which is kind of like the more American 
style Jews that we're used to, they are richer, they live in the big cities, and they are on the left. And then the Sephardic Jews are the ones who are like, let's go, you know, live in the West Bank and have a whole bunch of kids. Basically take that thing over because God decreed it's us, it's ours. And they're more right-wing, they're more religious. Yeah, yeah, the Ashkenazis in Israel, they don't believe in God. And then the Sephardic ones, they believe in, who they got? Jehovah, whoever they got. And so that was just an interesting thing I learned about how you can kind of divide the Jews in Israel. You know, they also have Ethiopian Jews, which are like black Jews, which I think they just live in ghettos and they're not, I don't, whatever. Anyway, they live in ghettos like, kind of like black Americans, except for, except for a lot of black Americans don't live in ghettos. And I think most of the Ethiopian Jews do. All right, how about Ukraine? Um, currently, the war seems to be a stalemate. And it looks like Russia is about to do a big push one direction and Ukraine is do, about to do another push the other direction, maybe before the summer. So there's no um, negotiating going to happen anytime soon because they both think they're about to do something amazing. You don't, you don't stop and negotiate when you're about to be awesome. My personal guess is that it's just going to be a stalemate for quite a while. And as far as nuclear weapons go... Um, I was listening to some guy, and he sounded about right, that basically Russia doesn't want to use nukes unless Ukraine looks like it's going to really go in there and get Crimea back. You know, that's the, that's the part that Russia really cares about. So if the Russian push doesn't work and the Ukraine push seems like it's going good, watch as it gets close to Crimea. That's like the kind of the su most southern thing. It is a, it's a peninsula. If they start going into that peninsula, look out. And the idea of using nukes probably is not that... You know, America sends over tanks, and then Russia nukes the tanks and says, ha-ha, now you ain't got no tanks. What it is, is you, uh, you, Russia nukes Ukraine with the expectation that America and NATO will say, uh, you know, this is getting a little too hairy. Um, hey, Ukraine, you know, come to, come to an agreement. Give them part of Ukraine that, so they can keep it. Come to an agreement and stop this war, because we ain't giving you nothing else. Or no more weapons, but if you do that, then we're going to give you tons and tons of money to rebuild. And there's talk of China possibly giving weapons to Russia, kind of you know, kind of way that we, America and NATO is giving weapons to Ukraine. Maybe China will start doing that to Russia. And you know, I think you know America wants to grind down Russia. Right? You know, like Russia is a stump, and Ukraine is a stump grinder. And America wants to use Ukraine to grind down that stump. And, you know, if some of the teeth on the blade of the stump grinder get broken off in the process, America doesn't care. But then two can play that game because <laughs> China can use Russia as a stump grinder to grind down America and NATO and just, you know, take a lot of their money. Make them spend a lot of money and waste a lot of time. Although it's not clear that China's going to do any of that. But anyways, two can play the game if they want. And then I've been learning more about the timeline and who's responsible for this Ukraine-Russia war. And um, in my opinion, it's America. I'm not, not, well, okay, maybe in order. Russia, America, and then rich people in Ukraine. That's who's, that's, those are the groups that are responsible for this war. 
And obviously innocent Ukrainians are the ones who pay the price. And, uh, you know, a lot of the Russians who are dying are probably not super to blame either, although it's not like they're women and children. But so I've learned some things about the history that all led up to this. Uh, so in 1990, during the first Bush presidency, you know, the same time the Soviet Union collapsed, um, the American government promised Russia that NATO would not go beyond um, Eastern, what, East Germany. Like they famously did a quote of, uh, quote, not one inch, end quote, past East Germany. And that held for a while until 98, when uh, Clinton was president. You know, he used to be a big Clinton fan, uh, fan or whatever. But uh, I've since learned two things about him that make me don't like the guy. He's the guy who shipped all the American manufacturing jobs over to China. And he also did another thing. So his administration, 98, um, the military-industrial complex, all the arms manufacturers, you know, Raytheon, Lockheed Martin, they convinced them to expand NATO. And the reason why is because to, join, to be eligible to join NATO, you have to have a modern army. Which basically means you got to throw away all your old weapons and buy brand new weapons from American arms manufacturers. And so I don't know, like 10 or 20 countries joined NATO after that, you know, you know there's a big push and they eventually got 10 or 20 countries. Um, and so basically this thing, you know, there, there was this idea that R Russia, you know, Russia is no longer the USSR and America and we're all going to be friends and end of the Cold War and blah, blah, blah. But instead, uh, the arms manufacturers are like, let's take NATO all the way up to Russia because we can, then we can sell weapons to all those countries. And, you know, and who the fuck cares about some promise made in the past? And the arms manufacturers pay the government to do what they tell them to do, and the government says how high, and they did. And then in the 2000s, there was something called the Orange Revolution, which I don't know that much about, so... Anyway, some government in Ukraine was overthrown. They've had a lot of governments overthrown. Anyways, one of them happened in the 2000s. And then in 2014, the U.S. State Department and, you know, little, little things that they control got together with, you know, neo-Nazis. They're not really Nazis. You know, Nazis only happened in 1930s Germany or something. But I think these guys like swastikas and whatnot. So anyways, the modern, the modern Ukrainian version of Nazis. So the State Department... And they're in and their little things that they control. They got together with the neo-Nazis and they had a revolution and they kicked out the I believe I believe every country in the world believed that it was a free and fair election. The president of Ukraine in 2014 was the totally legitimate president of Ukraine. It wasn't whatever. There, there's absolutely no excuse for overthrowing his government unless you just love war, which we do. And so I think the State Department, they kind of like, they rallied like college students and, you know, maybe moms and kids. They got all the, you know, it's, it's like the Black Lives Matter riots. I've said this before, but basically they got the, you know, the, the, the moms, the moms holding hands in front of the cops. And then the neo-Nazis provided the, the kind of the nighttime murder with guns. And between those two things, they kicked out the legitimate president in 2014. That, I can't ever remember. Yashenko or something. Yanukovych. There we go. That was the name of that president. But anyways, Yanukovych, he was he was he was trying to cozy up to Europe, but then 
whatever russia i think offered him a bunch of money or something and uh he switched over he's like oh fine ukraine's gonna be friends with russia and so that was why america and all the neo-nazis neo-nazis hate communism anyways that's why they hate russia and so they they did a coup and overthrew it and put in put in a i guess another legitimate free and fair democracy you know if you overthrow a government and then just put in a real democracy after, if you throw, overthrow a democracy and then you put in a new democracy, I guess you still got democracy. So they still got democracy. And Russia attacked Ukraine after that in 2014. There was a civil war in part of Ukraine. That's the Donbass. There's Crimea, which Russia took. They'd given that to Ukraine in the 50s and they took it back. And so starting in, Russia did that. Okay, there's the coup. Then Russia attacked. And then America started training the Ukrainian military and giving them weapons. So basically, they made them a part of NATO. They weren't officially in NATO. Well, part okay, the most important part of NATO is that if Russia attacks you, then all of NATO attacks Russia back. So they didn't get that part, but everything else they got. They got training and weapons. And I think Russia just watched that happen for a long time and eventually got pissed off enough Maybe because of Biden pulling out of Afghanistan and he looked weak. I mean, that's what Trump supporters say. I don't believe that, but possibility. Anyways, for whatever reason, eventually Russia got pissed off at America turning Ukraine into a NATO country and said, we're going to attack you. Well, so that kind of gives you America and Russia and why they're doing the stuff they're doing. Um, well, for whatever reason, Russia does not want NATO on its border. I don't know why, but they, they feel very strongly about that. And the other thing you don't hear about is is that... So Ukraine and Russia are like both totally corrupt. They have a they have a list of countries by corruption level. It's, it was like, you know, Ukraine was number 125 and Russia was number 131. So they're basically the same, and just have been for a long time. And maybe they're changing now. But the rich people in Ukraine, you know, in 2014 and previous previous to that coup, um, whatever. There's just a certain group of Ukrainian men who were the oligarchs and they were super rich and they just owned whatever stuff in ukraine basically i guess the people who got to own stuff after the ussr was broken up and then they took all the state businesses and they gave them to people who were connected anyways and then in 2014 so one you know there's a bunch of super rich men and then there's a bunch of other men who are pretty rich but they want to be richer and so they wanted the coup because basically they got to they got to you know uh, you sent the neo-Nazis after a rich person, which made them, drove them out of the country, and then you would take all their stuff. Whatever business they owned, you would steal it, etc. The example I know is uh, like one of the rich guys who was friends with um, Yanukovych. He owned like five-star hotels in Kiev. And uh, they had their revolution, and that guy had to leave the country, and then some other guy now owned all the hotels. And he was like, that was a great little revolution. And so I just think a whole bunch of businesses and valuable stuff changed hands in that little revolution. You know, so, you know, not every revolution is just because, oh, I got a better idea for the country. But so I guess that means that rich Americans, rich Russians, rich Ukrainians are all evil. And then ordinary Ukrainians have to pay the price. And, and we'll see. We'll see if, you know, Thank God. Thank God I'm in America. I mean, you know, I feel like America shouldn't do bad stuff, but like, you can destroy Ukraine 
you can whatever you can do whatever the hell you want on the other side of the planet doesn't really affect me here like you know how many more dollars of gas dollars per gallon of gas would i pay to change that to make america a good country you know maybe maybe i give a dollar a gallon that's about it hey mr fbi agent hey liaison to the fbi who works at spotify how you doing and yes, I know you're the kind of man who has a penis, not the kind of man who has a vagina. I mean, just playing the odds there. Well, get ready with your band hammer, because we're going to talk about Hunter Biden. And about how him and Joe Biden are traitors to the country by taking money from China. So that's what's coming up on the Anti-Woke Podcast. So Anchor.fm, my podcast host... Which is basically, it's just a, it's just an arm of Spotify. So basically, Spotify deleted my account the other day. Why did they do that? Well, that's a good question. Or it's a question I might have. So I asked them, and they said, you violated the terms of service. I said, which part? They said, fuck off. But over on Facebook, I've only had one thing that I've talked about be censored. And it was Hunter Biden. So that's still going on. So Spotify... I talked about I talked about Hunter Biden. I said things that are true. Obviously, saying things that are false, who cares? Saying things that are true, that is the most dangerous type of misdis malinformation. So yeah, saying things that are true, that'll get you kicked off real quick. But Spotify said I could create another podcast, and as long as I follow the terms of service, I'm okay. So let's find out if their terms of service are all about protecting the Bidens. So what's going on now? Hunter Biden is now suing people for using his laptop. That laptop that he said wasn't his, and that the deep state and the mainstream media lied about for two and a half years saying it wasn't his and it was Russian disinformation. But in fact, they were the disinformation. But my guess is a bunch of corrupt motherfuckers got together and they're like, okay, we're going to switch from saying it's not true to that's true, but you can't use it. And so I think they went around, you know, the FBI called up all their liaisons at Spotify, etc., and got anyone with Hunter Biden in the title of their podcast. Take a look at them. As long as it wasn't saying Hunter Biden's great, what a good guy, then you ban that podcast. In fact, I doubt they even listen. They just see the title and ban your ass. They check how many they check how many listens listeners you have. Like, oh, this person doesn't have that many listeners. This is a little guy. We squash little guys like bugs all day long, and no one can do anything about it. We love it. We're evil as shit, and we love squashing little guys. So what else we got? Uh, the Department of Justice has been colluding with the Biden administration and hiding the fact that uh, the FBI raided the Biden uh, Penn Center a long time ago, November, right before the midterms, and they, and they hit it. The DOJ said, no one talk about this. And everyone's like, okay, DOJ. Okay, supposedly independent part of the government who does exactly what Biden's wife tells him to do. And then it's kind of looking like the FBI set up Hunter with the Chinese. We're going to have to wait on that one, but there's starting to be some evidence piling up in that direction. And then there's a bunch of stuff where, you know, Hunter Biden had better be a liar. Otherwise, Joe Biden is a traitor to our country. Like the kind that gets decades in prison. Like when Hunter said he was paying $50,000 a month for the house in rent for the house that Joe Biden lives in. Either Hunter's a liar or that's just a straight-off payout. 
and rent. It avoids taxes. So there you go. You can take traitorousness and you can throw tax evasion on top of it. You can take these Bidens down like Al Capone. And then Joe Biden kept the classified documents next to the Corvette. The Corvette that Hunter Biden likes to drive around and get photographed in, along with two 12-year-olds in bikinis. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. But I think we'll talk about this for, I don't know, the next few podcasts or something. Um, We're going to change the format up a little bit. I want to catch these motherfuckers censoring people over Hunter Biden. So we'll see. We'll see if they delete this one too. And if they don't do that, then we'll spend some time on black crime statistics and see if that's the kind of thing they like to delete podcasts over. And after that, we'll do some podcasts on whether or not the vaccines work or not. We'll see if that's the kind of shit they delete stuff over. But until then, you can, uh, you can, I mean, first off, no one's listening to this because they deleted all my, all the listeners are stuck in limbo. They all got fucked. But anyways, if any of them search this out and find this new one, um, basically I'm on Twitter. I think the, you know, the only place that kicked the FBI out, although I'm not even sure, uh, is Twitter. So over there, I'll, I'll leave links to this. You don't have to sign up for Twitter. You just, I think if you just go to my page, you'll see uh, links to my podcast, wherever it is. Or if I get kicked off the internet entirely, I'll tell you there too. And then you'll, then you'll know that was the end of the Anti-Woke Podcast. They killed me. Twitter handle, at Anti-Woke Podcast. And thanks for listening.